This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. It's Taco Tuesday! Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Throws wide open receiver Tyreek Hill, and you're not going to catch him. Hill down the east sideline. Taunts Devontae Harris as he rolls into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Miles spins, stays on his feet at the 45. He's got blockers in front of him. 30, 10, 5, touchdown! Everything happening in the sports world. Number 5, you better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. Got that wood right here. And even some things not happening in the sports world. Great insight today, Steve. <laughs> Man, you, you disappointed me. You disappointed the, well, the, I the got, listeners. Well, I got flustered. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, Worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, did you pick up on any Spanish last night while watching the game? Si. 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 No? No, no, si. Si. Yeah, I did. Perfecto. Yeah. Did you enjoy the Chiefs' win over Phillip Rivers and the Chargers? Well, I think what made me happiest was that Phillip Rivers was just bawling like a baby throughout the game, yelling at his teammates, yelling at the Chiefs, talking smack to the Chiefs, and in the end, he made a just a hideous throw to end the game. Fourth interception. I mean, come on. That defense gets four interceptions. Phillip Rivers was not good. Well, then this is perfect timing. I've got a little montage for you, Steve. You ready? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Rivers is hit. It's intercepted. It's intercepted off the deflection. Picked off by Derek Nani. Pressure from Frank Clark. Rivers steps up, sings it over the middle. Intercepted. Intercepted by Matthew at the 30, 25, 20. Honey Badger going left. He's at the 10. Stumbles and falls down at the 7. The Honey Badger doesn't care. The throw, Rivers. He's throwing long middle. It's going to be intercepted. Fenton's got it, picking it off. Intended for Andre Patton. It's the first interception of Rashad Fenton's rookie season. And the defense will run to the end zone and take a picture. Rivers takes the snap at his belt. Frank Clark coming for him. A fade route right side. It's intercepted. 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 Dirty Dan Sorensen picks it off. One of the biggest interceptions for Dirty Dan's career. And the Chiefs shut the gate on Phillip Rivers. Four interceptions by Rivers. Oh, what a, what a shame for old Phyllis. I just, wish, I just wish Mitch would got a little more excited. Yeah, if he could just show a little bit yeah, of excitement, yeah, a little he just, enthusiasm. It just didn't seem like he was too fired up last night. No, those are great calls by Mitch, and, 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 and I, I just think he's the best. I really do. I think he and Kevin Harlan are the two best announcers going. I think Phyllis is the worst. I can't stand watching Phillip Rivers. I can't stand why, him. Why was he talking? You know, did you see Frank Clark? He kept going, you know, you're talking. Oh, quit, yeah. Quit, talk, quit talking. Just quit talking. Well, I would stop talking if I had thrown four interceptions against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, you, you moved the ball for 312 yards in the first half. I guess that's why he was popping off, even though they were still behind at the half. No touchdowns with 312 yards passing. Do you remember what I said to you before that final drive? 
for the Chargers. I think he said something like, I, ho- I just hope he throws an interception. I wanted them to go get the ball one more time and then have Phillip Rivers crumble in front of us. Is that the end of Phyllis? Are we, are we done with him? Are we ready to close the book on Phillip Rivers? Well, I'm not going to say anything because the team still have to play one more time in Kansas City, and I just hope, you know. The- you really think Phillip Rivers is going to be able to get it done? Well, remember, it'll be December in Kansas City. It'll probably be cold. You know, I don't think he probably likes the cold. And uh, I don't know. I just thought last night some of his throws were just absolute. I don't know what he ended up. I know he had a ton of yards. He had 354 passing yards but his, but on his, 52 attempts. I was going to say, but he didn't. His percentage wasn't what – you throw it – in the NFL, if you throw it 52, you should complete it about 36 or 37. He had 28 completions. Well, I thought he was a scatter shooter. I thought he just threw it all over the place. He had a couple – you know, he tried to be like Mahomes and throw a couple – sidearm slingers that, you know, only Mahomes can pull that off. But uh, I was just happy because I thought he talked smack all night. The broadcast brought up a point, Steve, and they said Phillip Rivers was the one last night that looked like the second-year quarterback, right. third-year quarterback, I and guess, you know, for Mahomes, and that Mahomes looked like the and veteran. And the rest of the night, Booger McFarland was treating him like this ethereal prince, you know, up on high. I just thought Booger was really uh, kind of – over lavishing with his praise of I don't really Phillip like Rivers. the narrative that Philip Rivers is a Hall of Fame quarterback. What has he done? The only the only reason why he's thought of as a Hall of Fame quarterback is because he's been around so long. When he's, was the last time that he won the AFC he West? He hasn't he hasn't uh, put up you know he hasn't put up the kind of resume that'd be in the Hall of Fame. He hasn't won. He's not been a winner. He's won the AFC West. The last time he won was in 2010. Yeah. It's been a decade since he's even won his own division. Yeah, and there's only four teams in the division at some point. And one of them's the Raiders. That's right. <laughs> they've been I horrible. Mean, yeah, yeah, they've been horrible until this year. And and uh, no, if you've only won the when there's only four teams in the division, it should get kind of passed around because that's how the NFL's set up. The NFL is set up for the bad teams to get good in a hurry. You got free agency. You can go out and get a couple guys. You should be able. You know, you shouldn't ever go more than about four or five years without winning the winning the division. That, and he's made it to the playoffs several times, but he's only won one game that was not a wild card game. Yeah. So he's only won one time, not in the first weekend. Yeah. So I was happy because I just... I, I don't, what a shame. Yeah, I just, I just don't like how he... He looks like he chews his teammates out all the time. He gets in their face. He Do you remember when out. I told you I was in Las Vegas this summer? And that guy kept harassing me about Phillip Rivers yeah. in the casino. Oh, yeah. He said, just admit it. You're afraid of him. Just admit it. You're afraid of him. I, just, I said, all right, I might think that the Chargers could beat the Chiefs, but there, I, I would never I just, say I'm afraid of Philip Rivers. I just hope he doesn't get the last laugh. That's my worry. I just hope he doesn't get the last laugh in Kansas City. Well, that's because the Chiefs will and ha- they beat, have a playoff spot and clinched they, And up. they beat the Chiefs in Kansas City last year. But look at what the Chiefs have done against the AFC West. What is it, 24-3 and three now? Since the start of the 2015 season. Yeah. 24-3 or 25-3. and three. Over the same stretch, I saw a stat that the Patriots are 23-5 and against the AFC East. So the Chiefs have been more dominant against the AFC West than the Patriots have been against the AFC East. And that's East. saying a lot because until the last couple of years, Denver's always been good. The Raiders, let's face it, the Raiders yeah. haven't been good for quite a while. But they're coming back. You know, Treg Fall, he's puffing his chest out. Big Raider fan. But uh, the Chargers, they've kind of been up and down. Remember, at the start of the year, the Chargers and the Ravens were kind of the two trendy picks to make it if the if the uh, Patriots would stumble or the Chiefs would stumble. Remember, after four weeks, 
it was Chiefs and Patriots and then everybody else in the NFL. Everyone was saying the, the, the Super Bowl game will be when the Chiefs go into New England in December. Well, right now, I tell you, I wouldn't want to play Baltimore. I think Baltimore no. – right now, I think Baltimore is better than New England. New England's defense is great, but I think if Baltimore New England played Sunday, I think Baltimore beats New England. New England, their defense is only going to carry them so far. Tom Brady has not been good. You look at their last few games – what did he throw for, like 163 yards or something like that on Sunday? Wasn't they, great. They scored 17 points, and they haven't been good for a couple weeks. Couple weeks. More, a couple more takeaways for me from last night that I've got written down. Number one, I'll talk more about the Chiefs in a minute. Can we be done with playing games on fields that aren't good? Oh, it's terrible. Can we be done with that? You know, it, it, The Chiefs have already had to go through this for... 50 years you know, while playing at the just, Oakland Coliseum. If you just did the eyeball test before the game and looked at the field, you said, man, that was a beautiful field. Look green. Once they got started, the turf was just horrendous. Big chunks of turf. I kept waiting for somebody on a field goal to drop kick one, you know, with a big old chunk of turf. Kind of like when I lay the sod over a 56-degree wedge. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I do that a lot. You do that a ton. I do that a ton. It kills my game. But anyway, uh, there were just big chunks of turf coming up. You know whose fault it is. Mexico? I, d- I don't know. Shakira. Oh, but Shakira, I like Shakira. Shakira. I like Shakira. I didn't know if you were trying to blame the Mexico no, City. No, or... Shakira at her concert. That feel's never been the same. I just am I'm sick of these guys who are really, really important assets to the NFL having to play games on fields that aren't quality. And I know that I read some reports after they said the field wasn't as bad as it looked. Well, it was that, that it played a little better than that, that it wasn't quite as slick. But I just think that these guys should be playing on the absolute best fields. And not only should the teams be demanding that they do not play on fields like that, but the players' unions should be extremely harsh about this. The fact that they have been able to play games on a baseball field at the Oakland Coliseum for 50 years seems crazy to me. I would think there there are parts of their players' union that they write up and say, we're not playing on these horrible fields. Well, you don't you don't remember the old days like I do, but I always remember those old AFL games, and it just seemed like when they played in November, it was just pure dirt because you didn't have any, you really didn't have any AstroTurf back then. Every game was on a ba- – everybody played on a baseball field back then. You know, it was you, – you look at the teams back then, they shared a field with the baseball team in their city. You didn't have all these – separate stadiums that didn't start till about the six or the seventies when Cincinnati and Pittsburgh kind of moved out of, you know, those stadiums and everybody now everyone's got, you know, separate stadium from their baseball stadium. Oakland, of course, the last one that doesn't, but I, I remember those old AFL games and it's like, you, you kind of, you were, you were wiping your eyes because there was so much dust that flew up on every game. Joe Willie Namath. I remember him. He was throwing passes and darts back then on all that dirt field, but, and then it rain and it just, they played in goo. I like I like games in the goo, though. Ooh. My other big takeaway from last night, Steve, Frank Clark, that was his best game as a Chief oh, yeah. by far. Yeah, he should By up. far. And you know, Booger was saying during the game, this Chiefs team, they just they need to play with more physicality. Well, I thought they were pretty physical last night. Now, yeah. they gave up a lot of chunk plays, you know, a lot of 30-yard pass plays. But against the run, I thought they were pretty good. Especially but what have we half. said, Steve? All you have to do is keep opponents under 27, 24, and limit them to field goals, and that's exactly what the Chiefs did in the first half. The Chargers 
roared down the field three times yeah. and had three prime opportunities scored to score three, touchdowns three and points. didn't. Yeah. And that was the difference in the game, that they only scored three field goals. Even if they score one touchdown, the Chiefs are down at the half. They played a horrible offensive first half, yeah. and they were up 10-9. Yeah, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes was pretty ordinary all night. Uh, it's ran, probably his worst game that I can remember. Yeah, but he ran the ball well. I mean, he had a little extra pep in his step last night, had a little shimmy on one of those runs. Uh, but he missed a lot of throws last night. But again, this team is so different when Tyreek Hill's out of the game. I made the comment to you guys when we were watching the game last night, Where's all the trickeration? Where's all the motion and fancy stuff they do? Without Tyreek Hill, they just can't do that stuff. My other big takeaway is I'm getting a little frustrated with the Chiefs' fourth quarter offense. Their fourth quarter game plan. When several times they have the NFL MVP, the best tight end in the NFL, the best speedster in Tyreek Hill, and another guy in McCall Hardman. You have LaShawn McCoy. You have these pieces to be able to go win a game. Take the ball with seven minutes left, drive down the field, take up five minutes a clock, score a touchdown, ball game over. But they refused to try and win the game last night. They kept giving it back to their defense, and that is a bad formula. Luckily, they were playing Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Luckily, they weren't playing Tom Brady, because that doesn't work against Tom Brady. It doesn't work against Lamar Jackson. It's not going to work against those teams in the playoffs, this is a team, and we talked about this a little bit last week, Steve. Their offense is just so hinged upon big plays. They don't have the durability sometimes to be able to grind out clock, drive down the field, take up five minutes and score. Now, I would rather them be able to score than take up clock in some of those fourth-quarter drives and situations, but the fact that they cannot pick up first downs, chew clock, and run the football in the fourth quarter, it's killing them. They don't run the same stuff in the fourth quarter they run in the first three. It's like Big Red says, okay, let's take the foot off the gas. Let's go conservative. And what have I said all year with Mahomes? You have to remember that this is not Alex Smith at quarterback. Yeah. You this let, is not Donovan McNabb. He's a Colt. you got to let him run. You have to be more aggressive than normal. Number one, because he is a pretty good decision maker. He doesn't make a ton of bad decisions. He knows when to eat a ball. He knows when to stay in bounds. Knows when to throw one away. But you have to remember that the defense is really bad. Yeah. You have to remember that overall the defense is bad, and you have the MVP at quarterback. Sometimes who's only had two interceptions all year. Sometimes you have to roll the dice, and sometimes you have to take risks in order to try and win a game in the fourth quarter. Because if this is the formula in the fourth quarter in the playoffs, the Chiefs are going to fail. Take a seven-point lead into or 14-point lead in the second half. Take that into the fourth quarter and let your defense give it away. You can't do that. It's too much pressure on this defense who you know is bad. You're right. And look how good they've been on the road, though. But a lot of their the majority of their wins have been on the road. Yeah, but look how bad they've been at home. <laughs> yeah. What what are they? They've won two at home. Is that right? Not many. Yeah, I was thinking they've only won two at home because they were. They were one and three. I think when they beat Minnesota, that got them to two and four because they've still got the Raiders, Chargers. Or is that right? Or are they two and three at home? Looks like they're two and three at home. Two and three at home. But you know who their three games are left at home? The three games at Arrowhead Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. That's right. And what did we say what they are in the division? 25 and three. They're going to win those three games. Yep. They're going to beat the Bears. The West may and they're have, going to get to eleven and five. The West may have been one last night. And even I think it was. And, and remember, if they even tie, 
they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna end up having the let's say they get they lose one of those three at home. I don't they're not gonna lose the Denver, I don't think. The the, the Raiders the Raiders will do something stupid. So the Chargers are the team that might beat them at home. But if they end up five and one the division and they tie for the division, they win the West. All right, Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, I want to elaborate a little bit more on what we were just talking about in terms of the AFC West playoff picture and how I think it was decided last night. I also want to talk a little bit about what's coming up the rest of the week and part of our show plan. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, continuing on our conversation about the Kansas City Chiefs and especially the AFC West playoff picture at this point and who's going to win that division race. We've talked about it and hinted at it just a little bit that the wild card is starting to get interesting in the AFC and, and the idea that, okay, if the Chiefs for some reason slip up, lose to the Raiders, lose another one somewhere down the road and don't win the division, I don't know if they're getting in. No. I don't know if they're getting in at this point. When you look at some of the uh, wild card teams right now, uh, I think there's several – aren't there some four-loss teams right now? You have the Raiders, who are 6-4, and four, right. but obviously they right. aren't a part of this equation. Right. You have the Houston Texans. You have the Buffalo Bills. The Titans are hanging around at 5-5. Five and five. The Colts could easily – fall off and and lose to the Texans and somehow that order get reshuffled. I think the path that's best for this team is obviously to win the division because I'm not sure if things go south and they don't win the division that they're getting in. Okay. I think at 11 wins for sure. They've got five games left. Correct. They have a bye week. I think that bye week is going to recharge this team. I mean, they've gone a long time. This is very late in the season to be having a bye. 11 straight games. 11 straight games. And I think this is going to recharge their batteries. I think they're going to end up 10-6. and six. I think they lose to the Patriots. I mean, that to me, that's a given. 11-5. and five. I'm, I'm saying they lose to the Patriots, and then I think one of those teams in the West is going to come into Arrowhead and upset them. But I think 10-6 and six will still get it done. I don't know what Oakland's got left. I know they got the Jets this week, so they're going to get the 7-4, and four, and then... Their last five games, they probably have three division games and then two non-division games. Chiefs, okay. Titans at home, Jags at home, at Chargers, at Broncos. Well, the home schedule is very favorable for them. I think they've got three losses in there. I, I think they've got two. So I, Kansas City, I you know they just need to they need to beat Oakland. If they beat Oakland and Kansas City, they win the division. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know if it's quite as strict as that, but I think that would really give them a chance. I don't see the Chiefs losing to the Raiders. I don't see them losing to the Broncos. No. I think there could be a chance they lose to the Chargers, especially depending on what's going on that last game, where if the Chiefs have already clinched, I think they could certainly lose that game, maybe not starting Mahomes, maybe not starting a couple other guys to try and get everybody ready to go for the playoffs. But 
I still see this team as the AFC West champion. And frankly, if they are not, then they have done something wrong. Yeah, and the, you have to remember, they started 4-0. They had this division. They thought they had it sewn up at the quarter pool. Now look at the other divisions. New England, they're going to win their division. Of course, that's just automatic. What, the Jets? Yeah. The Dolphins? Oh, that's they're tough to beat. The Bills? Oh, they're tough, Steve. And then the other two divisions, Baltimore's probably going to win. They're in control. The North. And then the South? Wide open. Wide open. I mean, the team that should win the South, to me, is the Texans. I agree. Uh, who else is in there? The Titans and the Colts? There you go. I don't see those two teams. What about Jacksonville? You don't have faith in them? No. Nick Foles? No. No faith? No faith. They, no, not a chance. Jacksonville's a mirage. Or were they five and five right now? Jacksonville's four and six. Four and six. Well, they're yeah. You can forget. They got to bring back Gardner Minshew. That's their problem. Nick Foles put up great numbers. He just didn't get any help last week. They need Minshew. They need the magic. Yeah. They need to trade for Ryan Fitzmagic then. Ooh, that'd be even worse. Where's he at? Miami. I don't know. I'd be somewhere. Yeah, I think and it's with, not good. Yeah, he's with Miami. It's not great. Yeah. So for me, Steve, when I look at this Chiefs team. The two things that worry me a little bit for the postseason, number one, what we were just talking about, not being able to put teams away. What has been their big problem in playoff losses recently? Not Not, being able to put teams away. And and a reason to me for that is they don't run the ball very well. They really well, don't. Last night, their leading rusher was Mahomes at 59 yards. The the next leading was like 36. Shady had a couple good runs. Uh, The two Williamses, it seems like, they're both hurt all the time. So, I mean, they really don't They don't have that great – well, <laughs> let's face it. They need Kareem Hunt, but Kareem Hunt's not there. He won't be there. He's at Cleveland. But Kareem Hunt was is the missing – he's really the missing piece of the puzzle because he was so good catching the ball, running the ball. Uh, when he did what he did, he, re- he really set that organization back to me. The other big problem now – is when you start to look at the two teams that they'll play against. New England's defense, very good. Yeah. Their offense isn't great. But Brady. But, but their offense is really good against bad defenses. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. And then Baltimore, the horrifying thing about Baltimore is last year, you'd go, okay, Baltimore just can't outscore Kansas City. They just can't. They don't have enough offense. I think they now, do. Now they I, do. Yeah, they do. And the other thing Baltimore does. God, they can run the football. I mean, not only is Lamar Jackson a good runner, Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram. I mean, the Chiefs can't stop the run. We all know that. And that's the same thing for the Colts. Yeah, the Colts just ran all over them in Kansas City when they were there. Uh, Marlon Mack, but he broke his hand last night, uh, so he may be out. But then they had another running back come in, went over 100 yards, like 13 carries for 116 yards. I'll be interested to see what happens these next couple of weeks. And, of course, the Chiefs have this bye I really think that they're going to pound Oakland at home. I I just think I, you know, they have just wheezed to the to the finish line here to get to that bye week, and I think they're going to come back. They are going to be so charged up and so refreshed. It's it's just like a new lease on life. People don't. I I don't know if people just don't realize how much of a grind an NFL season is if you don't have a bye week until. Week 12. I mean, that is just – it's one of the last – they're one of the last teams to have a bye week, I believe. Yeah. Andy Reid off of a bye. He's, oh, he's like – he's got Against a, Derek Carr. He's got a silly number. He's got a silly number in his career the game after a bye week. So, 
I think he's only, he's he's like eighty percent or something like that. Let's take one more break. You're listening to According to Jim, ninety six point seven FM KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, busy week coming up. Big day tomorrow. Big day tomorrow as we'll be joined in studio by Canton Galva football coach Shelby Hoppus. Eagle Nation needs to turn in. Talking about the Eagles and their matchup with Madison coming up this Friday in the state semifinals of eight-man division one. And if they were to win that, they would advance to the eight-man division one state championship game on Saturday, November 30th in Newton at Fisher Field. Yeah, you know, I haven't. I haven't kept stats on an eight-man game in many, many years. It'd be it's, better it's, get make sure your pen is full of ink. Yeah, a lot of yards. And so that will be on the show tomorrow. On Thursday, obviously a big bullpup football preview Thursday, getting ready for McPherson's matchup with Andover Central and the big game that that will be. Friday, of course, we'll be getting ready for everything. But Steve, busy week outside of just the show. We've been trying to keep up with what's been going on with the winter sports teams as they right. begin their seasons. They began them yesterday. You, you you went out to practice. I'm I'm working on the winter sports magazine as we speak. So hope to have that uh, to the printer by Monday or Tuesday. Uh, we're going to have them at the first. The plan is to have them at the first home game. The you know the Wall of Fame night and over like on December sixth. That's right. The Wall of Fame game is on the opening night of the season. So that's going to be a festive night. So we will dive into all of that. Yeah, I was at practice yesterday for both the Bullpup boys and girls basketball teams. These groups are really fun to watch early on in the practice season because they all know what they're doing. Yeah, I would imagine you could go to a ton of different practices across the state. And first day they say, well, uh, let's go through and uh, here's how you... Shoot a layup. Here's how we do this. Oh, well, let's you say practice a free throw. Coach Strathman had like 26. He had 26 That's out. good numbers. Good numbers. Coach Strathman's practices are very detailed, very time-oriented. Right. They do a lot of drills that they do almost every single day, and they just practice so hard. They're practicing hard for practice number one. And Coach Kinneman, he puts – I don't know if Coach Strathman does. I haven't – to be honest, I've never paid that much attention at his practice, but Coach Kinneman puts – Time on the clock, and that's how long he knows is they've got to do a certain drill. That's how much time they put on the clock. Yep, they both do that. Okay, I didn't know if Coach. I'm sure he did, but uh, anyway, that's those guys are both. They've both been doing it a long time. I kind of think they know what they're doing. Well, and when you have done it that many times, and you have plans for practice number one, you know what we typically do on practice number two. Okay, you get to the fourth practice. Here's what we typically do. It makes it a lot easier not only for your players to get caught up and refreshed, you build a little bit of conditioning, and the guys did a little more, I won't call it scrimmaging, but a little more physical play. The girls, it's still a lot more drills. Yeah. But it, it's just a fun couple of practices well, and, and to you watch. Got, and the girls are really going to be ahead of the curve because look how many key players they have back. They got right. a lot of, lot of experience back. It'll be great when Lakin gets out there. Lakin, she freaks. She's out right now, uh, recovering from uh, knee surgery. 
Not a- sure. able to do a little bit of practice, yeah. but nothing but, full on contact. Yeah, I'm not sure what the timetable is for her. You don't want to rush it. You want her in March. You don't want her in December. You need her in March. But we'll continue to be out at practices and keep you updated on what's going on. It's it's a fun time of year in crossover season, and this is a very fun week. And Coach Kinneman, his practice was a little thin. Yeah. Because they don't have any of the football guys. Yeah. How about Coach Kretzer? He was like His down, practice was a little thin. They were down like 20 guys. Their practices are a little thin at this yeah, time of year. Exactly. It's fun for us, not very fun for those two guys. Yeah. It, it makes life a little more difficult. But, Steve, really fun week coming up the rest oh, of the yeah. week. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. And then getting ready for Thanksgiving, and then you and I can maybe take a breath. Well, Probably not. Friday's going to be a big determining factor what our next couple of weeks is going to be. That's right. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.